is the goal of coaches to be a mirror, a very mm -hmm. honest mirror that even maybe the only person in the world who, who tells you straight away how things are. And I think that is, that is sometimes confronting because uh, we all have our own patterns uh, and our own comfort zone. We stay inside because it's comfortable, of course. But if you, if you want to grow as a, as a professional, but also on a personal level, and if you have your own company, of course, there is a lot of your own personality in the company. And sometimes we put our own limitations. Welcome to the Studio Podcast, a show for ambitious creatives who want to level up their creativity, productivity and leadership skills. I'm your host, Ilya Lobanov, an experienced designer and brand strategist and also founder of Studio, a brand agency focused on growing and elevating brands and businesses. Today my guest is Claudia Maya. She is a creative coach and she's really passionate about creativity and business and combining those two. And uh, she loves to coach creatives and designers to help them develop professionally and personally. And uh, while we had this conversation about the creative uh, training and coaching, we've also had uh, a bit of a guest uh, speakers, which were uh, a, a diverse range of wildlife in the background as I was recording this episode uh, when I was up in the mountains enjoying myself. So I was essentially recording this from my makeshift office. Uh, we also had uh, quite a lot of connection issues on both of our ends. And so this is a heavily edited episode, but I hope you still enjoy the contents of it. Uh, and uh, take it away now. Hi, Claudia. How hey, are you? good afternoon to you, but good morning to me. <laughs> good morning, good morning. I hope you are well. Yeah, and I have to admit, you really win the background competition. It looks fantastic. Is it a this real is, background? Yes, this is not the, one of those 3D um, uh, Zoom backgrounds. This is an actual backdrop. So, um, wow. Uh, yeah, my wife uh, has a birthday to attend to up here in the mountains, and uh, we decided that we would take this kind of a, a bit of a, a weekend away. Uh, so we booked. Uh, an Airbnb here in the mountains and um, it was, I could do it in the apartment but it's just so much nicer here and if I've got the connection then it's all good. So I'm, I'm excited uh, Claudia to have you speak to us about the uh, personal branding for creatives and this is something that uh, a lot of designers personally have reached out to me uh, throughout the uh, like the year that I've been on Instagram, really. Um, they've reached out to me and they've, they've asked me, you know, how do I position myself as a, as a freelancer or as a creative in general? Um, there were some comments uh, regarding whether or not they should be generalizing or they should be specializing in something. Uh, and, and these are the kind of things that we can discuss. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and But I think ironically, it's... You know, even uh, people like uh, brand strategists and, and people that uh, are uh, generally uh, positioning other businesses as, a, as brand experts, sometimes they struggle to even position themselves or, or struggle to perhaps pick, you know, that one niche or that one target. So I'm wondering if you have some kind of uh, some introductory thoughts about uh, why do you think we as creative struggle to define ourselves in, in that way? and uh, perhaps we can yeah, start to explore that. 
topic? Sounds good, sounds good. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that uh, it's not just creatives. I think that this is a difficult, a difficult journey. Um, I think it's for all of us. So it doesn't even matter which industry you're in, because I think it has to do because you, you are so much into it. It's very difficult to zoom out and see from the bird's perspective, the context that you're operating in. Um, so in general, I think not just creative, uh, you find it difficult to pinpoint to this, you know, what to fill in in LinkedIn or, or what to have in bold letters on your, on your uh, website. But specifically, creative professionals, they are in general more open-minded. They are more, more stimulated by everything they see in the world. So naturally, as a creative, you process more in your brain and you get more ideas. And then, of course, with ideas, you get, you see more opportunities. And as you said um, in the introduction, creatives have also multiple talents, right? You're not good at just one thing. So I think it has to do with, with creatives having a broader mind and, um, yeah, and, and, um, and, and getting more uh, stimulus. So naturally, there are more opportunities, so there are more options to position on more directions to go. And then it is difficult to choose, not just for creatives, for everyone, but specifically to creatives because they could do so much more mm. because they, they usually have multiple talents. I think when, when I speak to my clients, there are very few clients who just tell me, oh, I only have one talent, one interest, and this is the way I go that it doesn't happen. So it's, uh, it I found also with uh, entrepreneurs and uh, I guess people, uh, uh, you know, that are creative by nature, we also tend to have this kind of, um, I think it's called it like this shiny uh, object syndrome. So where you kind of, you, you take one uh, kind of direction that you think you're, you really like, and then you kind of, you're really enjoying it. And, and, and then all of a sudden maybe through that direction or, or just, you know, randomly you, you get by some other um, interesting project or maybe some other interesting kind of uh, niche that you, you think, oh, hang on, that's very interesting also. And then you kind yeah. of, you, you almost leave the first direction and then you kind of go into this other. Uh, and then so, and a lot of creatives, well, and, and just uh, business people as well, they tend to sometimes jump from one thing to, to another without kind of finalizing things. Have you found that uh, working with uh, creative uh, clients that you work with? Yeah, well, it's interesting that you say that because I've recently um, read a paper um, from, uh, it was uh, researching Dutch uh, creative professionals and uh, about their work situation. Um, and it, in this paper, it was also mentioned that uh, the respondents, it was 80 interviews more or less, Mo many of them said that they uh, basically that the opportunities come to themselves because it's in the creative industry very often that you uh, pass on a contact or you ask another freelancer to join your team if it's a bigger project. So there are a lot of the, the network is very important. And then sometimes projects 
come across your path and then, uh, then yeah, you say, well, let's give it a try. And I think that um, if you compare creative, uh, creative entrepreneurs with non-creatives, they rather have a clearer path. Okay, they have this business idea and they build up a business plan and then they go in a certain uh, industry with a certain um, value proposition offer and target that but creative because they can do so many things. And if they establish a good relationship with clients, let's say if, if uh, you, you um, receive uh, first a request for, let's say a smaller project and then they, they like working with you, the chance is, is big that they would also ask you for um, whatever, a bigger rebranding uh, strategic mm. project. So it is, I think, especially in the creative industry, uh, easy to roll into into different directions and because creatives have more interests they probably also find it interesting so it is in general more i think more difficult to choose because more and diverse opportunities come across their, their yeah. paths and therefore choosing is i think a crucial skill um, for creative entrepreneurs that they that they are able to zoom out from their single situation, understand mm. the context and define, to be very honest with themselves and say, okay, this is type of work that really makes me happy and I enjoy and I can develop my skills. And this type of work or clients is less enjoyable. Because I think if, if you do something you're good at, and you enjoy working, then you will always become better and better. And that's already leading us to the topic of, of, of niching and, and becoming a specialist. The creative people, uh, we tend to, like you say, we tend to build our relationship with the client. And then let's say, you know, we've done maybe like a logo project for them or something like that. Uh, and there's, there's already this kind of, um, uh, I want to say, stereotype perhaps about you know if you do a, a certain type of design then you must be able to do other things a, a lot of people assume that i think um that are not in the industry so it uh it's natural i guess for them to go oh you you do design i mean sometimes they confuse me uh you know because i work on computers they even say oh Ilya, you you work with computers right can you fix my computer and i'm like dude <laughs> i'm just you know I, I use the computer i don't fix them you know i just so, so there's even that level of uh, confusion, but, uh, but certainly, as you say, some people might think, yeah, oh, well, Ilya does logos, he might do websites also, and then, so you kind of get approached for these other projects if they like working with you. Yeah. Whereas if you might be working like as a, as a business owner or a, a worker employee, um, say at a paper making company, they're not gonna come to you asking you to, you know, to produce uh, coffee machines for them or something like it's yeah. not, it just doesn't happen because it's just a very specific kind of uh, area and niche. So how does... Um, can I jump on? Yes, yes. Because you were mentioning, uh, uh, let's say, uh, another type of company, a paper production company, they have, of course, a big investment. They invested uh, machinery and therefore they are very clear in, in what they do and what they cannot do. So everything, their, their, their communication material will be very clear which services they provide. And that's the interesting thing, that creatives and designers, 
all their power is in the brain and in their Im imagination. It's also in, in their eyes, what they observe, what they hear, what they feel. So also the intuition is, I think, very well developed because as a designer, you're very sensitive about the, the use of needs and empathizing what exactly uh, th their needs are and then developing a solution that, that fits. Mm. So the brain, of course, is plastic. The, the brain is, 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 is expandable and you are constantly, every day, creating new connections in your brain. So that yeah, makes, it, makes it, I think, naturally, naturally an industry that, that is a little bit broader and harder to, to define. And even if you look at, if you Google creative industry definition, you get hundreds of definitions because because it so much depends on where you, um, you know, where you set the boundary on this is creativity and this is not creativity. In some definitions, software development is included. In some, it's, it's not. In some, uh, so it's very difficult to, to uh, gaming industry. Is it creative industry or not? So it is, it, yeah, by its nature, because creativity is so broad and it's, it's a skill you can apply to many different situations it is i would say a little bit more tricky but it is possible to define a direction that makes you happy and that feels right because for every there is not a one fits all solution it really depends on who you are as a person mm. and what makes you happy and what are you good at so perhaps um uh before we kind of actually dive in uh you know let's explore that topic of how do we actually start to define it as creatives uh, but I, I just realized that I've been a terrible host. I didn't even give you an in, a proper introduction. And <laughs> I, I just feel like maybe uh, for people uh, tuning in, it would be good to, to get some context as to uh, what you actually do so that people can understand the kind of where you're coming from and how you can help them perhaps and um, just your experience in general. So uh, for those of you uh, who don't know me yet, uh, my name is Claudia Meyer. I'm originally from the Netherlands, um, and I, uh, for many years, I worked in marketing and business development departments. And learned that I really love to engage with creatives. So I worked. I was working with interior designers and lighting designers, and uh, really liked that. Coach training, which was a passion of mine, and then I, um, I thought, okay, now with my business background and my my coaching skills. I could basically close the gap between creativity and, and business and to, to teach and guide and coach creative uh, business owners and designers to make, to make the business side more easy, especially the positioning, the marketing and the sales part. But I always enjoyed working with, with creatives. So I worked eight years with creatives as clients, but also as colleagues. But I do not have a formal design background. Uh, perhaps you can start diving into how you help the creatives to uh, start defining their position for themselves. How do you work with them? Uh, where do you start? Uh, maybe you could talk about some of the exercises that you do with them, perhaps. So I work uh, mainly like now we do digitally because nowadays uh, it doesn't matter where someone is based. I think it's very important in the conversation, in the coaching conversation that we explore the, the challenge or the topic into depth to really get to the core of, for instance, uh, positioning 
or the ideal client definition. And because there are always assignments. I think that only by taking action and by, by implementing the new knowledge, that will a, a business result. For instance, a graphic I was recently working with, um, that meant that she uh, does research on LinkedIn about a company that's her persona profile, and then uh, follow the decision makers in these companies to be aware what are dealing with and what, what kind of news they have to slowly build relationships. So it was a more, let's say, sales and acquisition uh, assignments and the, the assignment always co-created. So it always depends um, the current uh, question is, but it is basically the goal is to get out of your comfort zone because we are all ourselves, we define our own comfort zone. So this is your comfort zone mm -hmm. and you're good at it because you know it. And then the, the, where I see to understand where do you want to go? So what is your vision in your career? What, what, yeah, what do you want to be known as? And, and, and then hold the client accountable to do the relevant steps to reach this goal. So it is a very strategic approach. And in a co coaching conversation, we explore the topic. And then in between the sessions, there are assignments, um, sometimes reaching out to clients, sometimes, uh, yeah, like I want to push them a little bit. It's not too overwhelming because it needs to be a step-by-step -step process. So do you, do you find um, okay. maybe that okay. you get some <laughs> sort of a pushback or any kind of, um, you know, hesitation from the, from your clients when you work with them, when you're trying to, I guess it's, it's something a little bit personal, quite personal to, to try and dig down into your, you know, your, your real purpose and, and so on. And do you find, some clients find it challenging and how do you tackle that? It is, it is of course, because a coach has a very clear role. The, the goal of a coach is not to be your friend. The, the goal of a coach is not to, to uh, tell you everything is okay. That the goal of a coach is to be a very honest mirror and say what you see and, and say the inconvenient things and say, you know, if for instance, um, I hear quite often, so I think it's a certain pattern, uh, from designers and creatives that they uh, find it difficult to to reach out to uh, new clients. So they are co convenient working with their current clients, but they find it difficult to reach out to someone they don't know yet. So if, if, I, if I hear that, then of course the goal is what is the most difficult part in this? Uh, is it what you say or, or how you say it? Or is it that you don't feel confident on, on that this is creating value to, to convince or sell, sell their services? And um, so that is a topic that comes back. And that's what makes that, yes, I create powerful questions that you think for, analyze your own uh, demons or your own um, pre, uh, um, pre judgments and like yesterday, I was speaking to um, a lady and she told me that she wants to, to do something more creative. And then in another sentence, she, so she told herself that she's not creative. So she defines her own border. And then, um, yeah, then, then impossible to, to take the next step because she said is not ready to go to develop in a certain direction. So it is. I think a combination of, of mindset based on, on, on the ambition, because the goal of coach is to be a mirror, a very mm -hmm. honest mirror that even maybe the only person in the world who, who tells you straight away how things are. And I think that is, that is sometimes confronting because uh, we all have our own patterns 
uh, and our own comfort zone, mm. you stay inside because it's comfortable, of course. But if you if you want to grow as a, as a professional, but also on a personal level, and if you have your own company, of course, there is a lot of your own personality in the company. And sometimes we put our own limitations. It's important to understand um, where does it come from? Where do your limitations come from? And, mm. and switch the limitations into neutral and then even some positive. Okay, maybe you, you don't have the experience, but you have a simulants that you could uh, use to make this happen. And it is, of course, not in a, in a day, but it takes small actions and some of them, yes, step out of your comfort zone to grow. And especially for designers, everything design is in the comfort zone because that's that's mm. what you're educated. That's what you learn at good. But then the negotiation, the how to you know how to phrase who you are on social media, which content to create, how to approach client. That's many design education is not uh, covered very well. And that's exactly mm. what I love to do. I love to make business sites easy and fun and very visual and joyful um, so that, um, to, to like it and enjoy the business. Yeah, I think it's, you've hit the nail on the head there because the, the creatives, they certainly do not feel comfortable. Well, majority of us don't feel really comfortable selling or you know talking about prices or even talking to clients uh like in uh, some of my content i talk a lot about for example when you're sending through your uh, project your design project or even your pricing proposal you should deliver that in person uh, because you have much more control over you know you can see the reactions for the client but you also have much more of a uh, control over the actual uh, the way that you present it and you know how you talk about uh, you know the, your process mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature and a lot of the uh, creatives they really struggle with that they kind of go they, they kind of clam up and they go oh no I couldn't do that I just email that across and uh, you know they'll they'll see the, the quality of the work or you yeah. know whatever and but yeah, we, we really need to step out of the comfort zone because then you're not really growing if you're purely concentrating on design. Uh, and nowadays, I think it's even more important because a lot of us are starting to work from home. And, you know, while some of us probably still got jobs or, you know, are employed, uh, there, there are more and more people who are kind of now working uh, for themselves or finding themselves to have to, to work for themselves. So we have to do kind of all of these roles. We have to fulfill those roles, not just design. We have to be... Uh, the person who finds the new clients, we have the person who sends the proposals and wins the proposals, and you know we have to be the person who you know, schmoozes the clients too, and you know yeah. so, so we have to. There's a lot of different skills that we have to uh, learn, and a lot of those, uh, as you say, are out outside of our comfort zone. And a lot of the people skills are kind of outside of the comfort zone. Like I said, a lot of designers they kind of just really do not want to speak to clients face to face they even sometimes struggle to pick up the phone they'd rather email you know the work uh, and the prices to them yeah yeah so yeah i can see how it would be challenging for you to to you know for your clients when, you talk, when you're talking to them and yeah Ilya, absolutely agree i hear that quite often and i think it's it's uh, relating to the to the definition of sales like you say oh it's it's scary to go there and present your proposal it's scary to call but if you think that you as a designer, you're a human and the, the person 
across the table is also human. He or she has some company goals they are they uh, want to achieve. But basically, you're making a human-to-human -human, um, interaction, and you build it like same as we do now. We also didn't know each other, and then we started talking, and now you know we feel building some trust. So if you are now live and you think, oh, I really don't like sales, then try re rewire your brain and replace I don't like it with sales means ship building with people and designers they have friends right you have designer friends you have family friends etc so that's not different to a business a relationship of course the content is different but after all you're building a relationship and, and it is someone has to know you and then like you and then trust you and if you are at the trust level then you as a designer win the trust level okay i as a designer are the right partner for this company for this person to solve because with design you solve most of the times a communication problem or a challenge a lot of designers see sales as this kind of big and cheesy you know sales type you know they've seen in the movies like a car salesman and they kind of visualize that in their head and they think oh god i couldn't do that you know that's so you know that's so not me uh, but in reality it's yeah like you say it's a relationship building it's not if you look at it from pr that perspective then i think it's makes a lot more sense because you don't have like yeah. if you like literally no one wants to be that sales uh the cheesy salesman you know and you don't have to be uh someone like that it's you you make a connection with a person uh, whether that's a business owner or someone might be interested in your services and you discussed like you, you mentioned you discussed the goals and the challenges and then you simply try and see if, uh, things that you do mm -hmm. can help you know achieve those goals and uh, achieve those uh, solve those challenges for them and then automatically you might make a sale from that but you know you're not necessarily being salesy you know? I think a lot of designers just think sales oh god I have to kind of be this pretentious person but it's it doesn't have to be like that I think you have to be authentic and sales can happen just through, through the uh, the side effect of you building a relationship as you say I really yeah, um, yeah I really resonate with that and a little bit of a, of a negative connotation as you said the car uh, the car beginning um, let's say today you receive an email from someone saying Okay, I can I can solve all your website problems. Do you yeah. do you need do you have website problems? And this person that you don't know, and they, they, he or she just emails jumping from zero to the trusting level because this person gives you a lot of reasons. But humans, we need to take some time to build the trust. So if you if you want, and, and I mainly speak to the list uh, to to those uh, designers now uh, listening to us. Don't even allow yourself to se sell anything in the first contact. Showing empathy and and giving a tip, a piece of knowledge, maybe an article, maybe advice, a, a little advice um, for a little step. You slowly start building this relationship. So this is a way that you can replace. Okay, sales is. So I think maybe we start off with just kind of like a almost um, a summation of the key points. Maybe that was the main point that I resonated with was you don't have to be salesy and kind of like the car salesy type. Uh, if you approach it more as a building a relationship with your client, uh, approach it from that perspective. You don't have to feel kind of feel awkward and, and kind of yucky for, for, you know, trying to be salesy. 
and obviously don't try to sell in the very first instances you approach uh, your potential clients, but rather from a perspective of maybe learning about them and uh, finding out about the goals and the challenges. Uh, and then you can mm -hmm. share some of your insights and, and perhaps that can, uh, you know, they can start develop trust for, for you. And as we know, people uh, want to work with people that they like and trust. And uh, you know, in a lot of instances that can become uh, something that, you know, they might eventually buy from you, but uh, don't start off with that. Redefine what business means to you and, and especially the, the, this, this sleazy interpretation of sales, rather see it as matchmaking. Am I, am I as a designer the right problem solver for my client's needs? And a very nice tool to visually um, uh, yeah, define that for yourself is the value proposition canvas. So that's part of the business model canvas. And this helps to basically connect your services, your design service or products with the client's uh, problem. So this is how you make these two. I think the second point that we started, uh, talked in the beginning was about um, this, yeah, the choosing um, which direction you, you go in your career that you have, let's say, in the direction of UX design, but then you get a request for, for uh, something that is not relating, then and you say yes, then the alarm bells should ring. This uh, project wouldn't lead you to your goal. Mm. So it is being honest to yourself and daring to say. I think that's uh, something we talked about at the beginning. So I just want to uh, say a huge thanks for joining me. It's uh, this in my makeshift studio today. Bye, Bye everyone. Hey, so great to see that you've made it till the end of the episode. And thank you so much for listening to the studio podcast. I hope you have enjoyed today's guest. This is a series of live conversations that I host on a weekly basis on my Instagram account. We are studio. Uh, I invite a range of creative leaders and other interesting speakers to talk about the range of topics such as creativity, mindset, branding and leadership skills. So if you'd like to catch the next conversation live, be sure to find me and follow me on Instagram. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as it would really mean the world to me to hear your feedback. Uh, and also it will actually help me tremendously to get the podcast heard by more ambitious creatives like yourself. Now remember, the world needs your creativity and you have the power to ignite it. I'll catch you on the next episode.